Welcome, welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to usher in a new age of humanity, which we're calling Homo Spiritus. And we do this by practicing dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try and mass. And that one thing is our connection to our higher self. This is the greater part of our true self. It's a, it's an anatomy. It's a, it's an anatomical part of ourselves. It's actually greater than our physical self. And people call this by various different names. And honestly, our prime directive as a human being above all else is to make and, and constantly return to this one thing connection day in and day out as our first step in dealing with life problems and even health problems and family and community problems rather than viewing these problems as things that are separate from our connection to the one thing so in this episode the difference we're, we're going to be talking about the difference uh, the difference between that which engenders suffering and that which engenders sacredness and we'll unpack the dynamics of suffering and propose steps that you might want to consider to shift from suffering to sacred. So we're talking about suffering or unrest versus sacred and peaceful. Yeah. And what a juicy topic. We've had a good time contemplating this one. And so where we're going to start with is a couple of framing content, uh, co framing concepts, and then we'll go into the content. <clears throat> Excuse me. So people have for millennia believed that suffering is noble and virtuous. Uh, there's a long history of that in both Western, certain Western traditions and certain Eastern traditions that somehow uh, suffering is, is the necessary thing for, for our souls to grow. And while that may have been needed in prior episodes of humanity's development, which, you know, that, that too may be open to debate. But if, if we even grant that it was needed in prior stages of humanity's development, Lori and I are quite convinced that it's no longer true, if it ever was true. Uh, that, you know, it was Arguably, the notion of, of suffering in order to develop spiritually uh, is arguably a made-up belief that humanity ran with and made lots of suffering as a result. Uh, and so regardless of whether you believe that suffering was a part of our necessary development in humanity in, in the past, we're at the very least proposing that it is optional now, not mandatory. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes uh, teachers who see things from a broader perspective um, call the phases that humanity goes through as uh, they call them signatures. And apparently there was a time where the signature was, whether it was our choice or not, um, was suffering. But the signature now is ease and grace. It may not look that way when you when you look out to the happenings of the world but we're in a transition from suffering to ease and grace and so we're, one of the reasons we're so excited about having these conversations is because we we want to make them conscious and we want to you know extend invitations and call forth our capacity to 
solve our problems individually and collectively um, with ease and grace more than with suffering. Because the big, the big shakedown, the big lie, the big false belief is, is that humanity is irreparably wounded. And so that there's this programming that we have to set out on this path and look for our problems and and figure them out and and find ways to fix these problems these these aspects of being broken you know as a human being and this is kind of a I, my personal experience is is that this is a rabbit hole that leads to woundology not healing it doesn't mean we don't have things that that woundings and traumas and pains and emotional you know things that need healing but if we come at that from the from a foundation of wholeness that's very different than coming at it from a foundation of being irreparably wounded right so the notion here is not that we're broken but that we're uh, well you know one one of the things that i that i think of is something that ramdas said decades ago which paraphrasing slightly, but uh, I'm capturing the essence of what he was saying, because I don't remember his exact words. It was, we're already whole and complete. We're just walking around in the world pretending we're not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and any spiritual teacher would, 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 have, would point you in that direction to discover this truth for yourself, because it lives in every cell of our being, and yet we look for it external to ourselves and wonder why we never find ourselves feeling whole and always find the the rabbit holes of being broken and wounded well that's why because we we will always find that if we're disconnected from our, our truth from our higher self we have to remember that if this part of ourselves is already whole our higher presence is already whole already well and vital and it extends itself as as us in physical matter each of our molecules is an extension of that higher wholeness that higher presence of wholeness then it 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 kind of kind of closes the case like there's no no such thing as being wounded if we are 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 already whole <laughs> yeah and you know this reminds me also of something that's in a course in miracles which uh, at the beginning of a course in miracles it says uh, this is not a course on love because love already is there's nothing there's nothing to teach about love this is a course again in in a course in miracles this is a course in removing our awareness mm -hmm. of uh the block uh, sorry let me Barriers. say removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence that's the wording i was looking to remember precisely as a precise quote removing our blocks to the awareness of love's presence and so that makes sense doesn't it that love is already who we are and love is whole nobody would would and we're not talking about you know romantic uh, romantic love we're talking about the higher love right the fabric of the universe agape yeah 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 so if that's already the way it is then we're just we're just removing the barriers to that uh conscious not only awareness but living from that place right and 
So to be really clear, as we go through the rest of what we want to say in this episode, we're not encouraging anybody to pretend that they don't have baggage that needs to be healed. If we're carrying trauma, the trauma needs to be faced. It needs to be released. It needs to be completed so that it's no longer holding us back. But that needs to happen not because we're broken. It needs to happen because it's simply a block standing in the way of our experiencing love's presence. Exactly. Can you imagine if you made a decision to come from that foundation of wholeness already, even with all of the, all your baggage and stuff, because we all have it. That's why we're here on in this lifetime is to is to return this energy to love. If you came from that foundation versus the wounded foundation, you would actually have healing with lasting impact. When we come from the wounded foundation, it never ends. It, it, it's like, okay, something might have shifted, but then the, the, something else comes right back around. And usually it's something of the same flavor, just, you know, being dressed up a different way. And we wonder why we never can get ourselves out of the quicksand. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I have had my share of experiences over the course of my life that I refer to as being bludgeoned into surrender, where I had to hit a hard bottom in order to open up to healing. I had to be in in a massive amount of pain in order for that to happen. And a commitment that I made to myself back in 2002 was that I was never again, to the best of my ability, going to allow myself to ignore milder wake-up calls so that the universe needed to send me such intense wake-up calls around things that I needed to address in my soul's growth uh, that I needed to be bludgeoned into surrender. I, I really did my level best to resign from being bludgeoned anymore and exactly. to instead and be a, perfect, a happy learner. That's a perfect example of choosing sacred over suffering. Like bludgeoning is suffering. <laughs> and we've all been there. God knows I have too. And it, it just tends to feel a little bit better and work work more effectively if we make this decision to to walk the path of of this being a sacred transformational journey rather than a one of suffering agreed so why don't why don't you move us into the heart of our content today oh you mean the addiction piece yeah yeah so if if you think about anything in your life that uh you do a lot and it isn't serving it's a reasonable thing to to call it something that one might be addicted to now of course we know major addictions like alcoholism and drugs and um you know even being addicted to uh relationships that aren't good for us that kind of thing but there's a spectrum of addiction and honestly anything we do over and over and over and over can be classified as an addiction and so we're we're offering a consideration for you that most of us have been addicted to suffering and you know it involves chemicals of of um you know cascades of chemicals in our nervous system that participate in that addiction um but but just be willing to look at where it is that you suffer most where it is that you haven't been able to access peace and consider that that might be an addiction that you 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 wouldn't 
choose necessarily to say, yes, I want to be addicted to that. Like we might say we want to be addicted to sugar because we like the taste of sugar. And that is a very addictive substance, but that you didn't know you were addicted. And then you can follow the, the typical steps of unhooking from addiction that any of us have to follow when we choose to no longer be addicted to something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So to build on that, I'm going to say in a different way, something that we've already said, uh, which is we're, we're not wounded. Our mind is, if you will. Uh, suffering is simply our mind at war. Suffering is our mind in a state of war. Uh, and addicted suffering is our mind in an addicted state of war. So when we are in that state of war inside ourselves, why wouldn't we individually pool our suffering together to co-create societal war? So, you know, outer war, the thing that we, 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 we usually refer to as war out in, out in the world, is essentially the collective expression of wounded minds that are addicted to suffering and are playing that out on, on an external events stage, essentially as a hiding strategy uh, for trying to, uh, trying to fix something out there because we're not fixing what really needs to be fixed in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And, you know, you can even imagine the, the game that is played sometimes at picnics or those kinds of things where a tug of war, where there's a big old rope and one or more people on either side and they're pulling back and forth. And we have this going on inside of us all the time. And it's, it's exhausting. It, it's a form of resistance. And so what we're inviting ourselves all to consider is to is to bring this energy to rest and we cannot do that because it's such an addictive pattern we cannot do it without our connection to our higher self the course in miracles does talk about inviting this higher presence or this higher spirit or the holy spirit in to help us see what's actually true about what we think is true you know, in our lower human mind, we think it's one way. And, and what I find curious is that when we play tug of war, whether it's in ourselves or in a game or in real life, um, we're fighting for our limitations. We're fighting for our suffering. We're fighting for our addictions. And how, how illogical is that really? If we're we... fighting to preserve our ego rather than to open up to higher wisdom. Right, right. So, um, you know, the, we're, we're, We'll always say in these podcasts that the that it's a reminder because we have we learn talk about the mind only learns by repetition. So the reminder is to connect and align with this higher energy. Be willing to be um, receptive to what you could learn about the situation or your thinking or whatever that you don't already know, and and maybe one of those things will be that you're actually not broken or wounded irreparably. Right. And if that's really hard for you to fully take on board as you're, as you're hearing Lori say that, then my proposal to you is that you do a, an exercise in 
the smallest amount of activating willingness instead of just opening up all right. the way to this, if it feels like too much to open up to. And what I refer to that as in, in my wording, it's the willingness to consider the possibility that maybe I'm wrong, that right. life is war, that life is suffering. Right. And just that small cracking open of the door is enough to get the momentum moving if, if taking on what we're talking about right now wholeheartedly feels too big to do initially. Yes, good point. Good point. And, and it, that's true. I, I do a similar thing. And, and it, it matters because the mind will shut us down. Our mind will shut us down if we try to take on more than we believe is really, you know, true. If we don't have enough evidence yet for all that truth, then, then the mind will shut down. But little by little, um, it will it will allow. And I, and I sometimes say to my mind, you know, I know you don't believe this, but let's just experiment. Let's just explore this for just, you know, a few days or a week or a month or whatever the thing is, however small or medium or big it is. And, and then in that, in that exploration with your connection, then you'll gather the evidence you need to let your mind come along for the ride too. So we, we have spoken, I believe before, that the original wound for every human being is this wound of separation separation from our higher self. And this invites th that very, that very um, instantaneous separation that, that happens to a human mind, right then and there invites suffering, or it invites a, a foundational belief that suffering is inevitable because the feeling of being separated from our source of life is painful. And that there it is right there is it's a, it's a, a an element of suffering that creates a larger recipe of suffering in every pocket of our life, actually, not maybe not every pocket, um, but a lot of the pockets, <laughs> some of it's conscious to us, and some of it is actually unconscious and drives a lot of our behavior. So just remember that that's an that's a wounding that we, that, you know, the, the original wound that we all have, that's very uh, repairable. It's it doesn't even need to be repaired, really, if we if we're being semantic about it, because it never happened. It's just we believe it happened and we've been operating as if it happened. So so it's 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 about coming back together in that full alignment with our higher self that teaches us, oh, this isn't even real. Right. And that's part of why it's so important to be connected with source of a source of higher wisdom within us beyond our own seemingly separated ego. So Lori used a term that is used in A Course in Miracles. It's also used in Christianity, which is the Holy Spirit. What I want to add about that, if, if you're Jewish, for example, you may not know that there is a term in Judaism for the Holy Spirit. It's Shekhinah. Right. So if if that terminology feels more Christian to you than you're comfortable with, don't worry about that. Just use the word for that voice, if you will, of higher love and higher wisdom that your spiritual tradition uses. Each spiritual tradition has its own word for that. 
right? So I wanted to add that. Yeah, perfect. Um, so let's shift to another aspect of this, which is about the grain, or you might even say the boulder of truth with suffering. Um, because Lori and I are not trying to provide the message that uh, that you should pretend you're not suffering when you're suffering, because denial doesn't help with any of this. So instead, the grain or the boulder of truth with suffering that we want to offer to you is that suffering is a sign that we've simply fallen out of alignment with the sacred. We've fallen out of alignment with our higher self or with higher wisdom or with higher love or with the the, the flow of the universe, or however you word the one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we're, when we're suffering, all this is, is information about something that's needing to be released, or trauma that's needing to be brought to rest, or a future direction we are being called toward, but are resisting. And so this is what everyone knows to be healing or transformation, when something comes up and a change is needed, that's all that suffering, whether it's mild or moderate or extreme, is calling to us to recognize. It's simply a wake-up call. Uh, what, what suffering doesn't mean, like we've been saying throughout this whole episode, is that something's wrong with us. Something uh, suffering simply means that we have fallen out of alignment with the sacred. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I like to refer to that um, and any sort of a suffering, pain, you know, something of that nature as a message of intelligence, because it's getting our attention for a reason. As as David said, we're out of alignment, something needs to be released, some trauma or pain needs to be brought to healing. And here's the other thing I have to say about the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is is code, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> so it, there's if you if if one is of the mindset to think about the Trinity, the, the Trinity is said to be uh, inclusive of the masculine aspect of the source of life, which is light us as a human being and then the holy spirit which has always been sort of nebulous it's been sort of just tucked under the rug if you will a little bit but the holy spirit actually represents the feminine aspect of the source of life and that in judaism shekinah is actually the feminine aspect of the source of life yes. and why that matters is because the feminine aspect of life is literally matter it's our it's our phys it's the physical matter matter is a um comes from the root word mater which means mother in latin and mother earth represents that our our bodies being made from the elements of mother earth represents that and we can always find the energy that has us by the tail or is choking us in any given moment, you know, a lot of times people will say, go to where you feel it in your body, but people are actually afraid to do that because they think it's going to swallow them whole. But actually the opposite happens if you go to where it is in your body and you breathe with it. If you just be with it, if you be with your matter, <laughs> where your body is getting your attention as a message of intelligence, it actually can 
can help to dissipate the intensity of, of, the, of the pain or the suffering or the trauma. And if you need more work, you'll know what to do because matter is very, has a lot of guidance to give us. There's, there's an inordinate amount of intelligence in every cell of our body and we have trillions of cells. And this is where the intelligence for healing lives, not in our mind. Um, our mind is designed to be in service of, of that processing, right? So I'm just bringing that to your awareness because it matters. <laughs> I guess I'll say it that way. And it's all in service of our, the evolution of our soul, which is a sacred path. And the evolution of each one of our souls means that love gets to expand in the multiverse. That's the whole point. Even though we look out and don't see a lot of that love necessarily um, right now sort of peering back at us like we see other things but that's our job at this point uh, on earth is to is to be one who recognizes that we're expanding love and to participate in that right and so in the evolution of our souls if we encounter challenges to that and then on top of encountering challenges to the evolution of our soul, we tell ourselves the story that something is wrong with us because we've encountered challenges. That is ego rewriting the story of the evolution of soul. It's we encounter <laughs> Yes, that's that's in support of suffering. Where if if we're evolving our souls, then challenges even when they don't feel great in a given moment are gifts waiting to be experienced as gifts gifts that aren't being experienced as gifts in this moment and it's perfectly fine to acknowledge you know this doesn't feel good right now without going down the rabbit hole of of saying well now i'm going to be stuck forever or this is my lot in life uh, is to suffer that's that's a rabbit hole that's that that's not helpful uh if i don't like how i feel right now then of course i want to acknowledge that otherwise i won't find the motivation to do something about the fact that i don't like how i'm feeling exactly. and the thing to do is to reconnect with higher wisdom reconnect with the one thing because that is the pathway from suffering into soul growth and it, it changes the the pathway that literally the brain track the neural pathway that the habit of suffering has not only created some of us have quite deep grooves on that and then the 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 gathering of evidence that that we constantly gather to prove ourselves right that we're meant to suffer it's a loop mm -hmm. and we can break that and connection to our higher presence is imperative in the breaking of that loop and creating yes. a different neural pathway. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, before we go to the takeaways, I think it would be well, great. You got to do just, the balance, the balance, the wolf. Well, go, you know, I, I, I be based on what we've already said, okay. I don't even care about the balance of the wolves and which wolves will you feed. But if you would like to get that in, then go ahead and say it. Well, I think everybody knows, you know, the grandfather and the grandson and how do you know which wolf to feed and you know there's we each all have good wolves and bad wolves and it depends on which one we feed and the, and in in our parlance here, it's where we give our attention. It's though it's the choice to connect or be disconnected. That's those are the wolves in this in this analogy, if you will. <laughs> right. Yeah. And of course, all we're doing is advocating utilizing moments when it seems as though we're suffering as 
opportunities or wake-up calls for us to reopen to the sacred. Beautiful. Yeah. So are you ready to go mm -hmm. on to takeaways? So we have a few takeaways to offer to you for your consideration. And as always, we hope you are always taking what's of value and leaving behind the rest. So our first takeaway as an offer for your consideration is consider resigning from being bludgeoned into surrender, like I talked about earlier, and instead embracing the, the objective, the commitment to become a happy learner. And what a happy learner is, again, and it's, it's also Course in Miracles terminology, but what it's shorthand for is that I don't, I need lower and lower levels of intensity in my wake-up calls in order to reconnect with source, in order to move forward with my soul's growth, rather than relying on being in profound pain before I keep growing. So resign from bludgeoning and embrace becoming a happy learner. And That's maybe the in the first. beginning, you're just being a willing learner until yeah. you find your way in the dark <laughs> to a little bit more what feels like more happy. Yeah. I mean, being a happy learner in training is perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and then the other takeaway we would invite you to is to look, look for, we said this a minute ago, look for where you don't feel peace. And actually, you don't even have to look for it. You, you know, all this stuff is already woven into how you've been operating in your life in your in yourself in your life so allow for those places where you don't feel peace to show themselves to you under grace and ease this is something that you can request of your higher self please see that my awarenesses and my uh my, the places that i'm going to bring to peace are given to me by grace and ease right like we get to ask for that and then um that's all you need to know because if you don't feel peaceful about something or if you're on you have a sense of warring in yourself or an unrest that's that's a message of intelligence as we talked about earlier that you get to choose to to bring you know bring return to love or heal or release or you know transform whatever words you want to put to it um or put it off until another time um it, like David said, sometimes we just have to let them go until they, they come back in a, in a louder form. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so piggybacking on what we've been talking about now with milder forms and more intense forms, the next takeaway that we want to offer to you is, uh, is that the monitoring of this is not a oh, while I'm doing my meditation or prayer kind of thing. It's not a once a week if you go to a house of worship. It is truly and literally a moment-to-moment -moment practice. So we want to invite you, if this fits for you, to begin your process of exchanging suffering for the sacred in every moment, in every here and now moment, where suffering comes up inside you at any level of intensity, including the mildest levels of intensity, because if suffering is coming up for you, even mildly, it's ready to be dealt with. It exactly. doesn't need to be put off. And it wouldn't be coming up if it wasn't ready. That is one thing I have learned without 
any doubt uh, at all in any cell of my being is if it's up, it's ready and you get to decide. <laughs> and then, you know, David was saying, um, it, you know, if it comes up in, in every moment and that might feel a little overwhelming to you, like, wow, I'm going to be tending this every moment of my waking day. Um, and I got other stuff to do as well, <laughs> but, but just let it live alongside everything you do and this is what's really important to me this may or may not speak to you but i have to make this enjoyable otherwise i won't want to do it if it feels heavy and onerous then I, I really really will just shove it back under the carpet so um it's one of the reasons i love creativity no matter what i'm doing i i engage in an intentional creativity element of what i'm doing because i know that creativity is one of the ways to move energy and to heal and release some of this stuff that we're talking about so so we're inviting you to be vigilant in a lighthearted way that's right and 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 weave in whatever's important to you that makes it feel lighthearted and fun and that kind of thing and yeah. also consider that in those moments forgiveness is actually a bridge from the suffering to sacred and and start with your just self-forgiveness like i i forgive myself for finding myself in this moment and wanting to resist it whatever's true for you right i'm just making something up that but forgiveness is is a release of yourself from suffering is all it is. Um, I mean, it isn't all it is. There's more to forgiveness, but in terms of, I think we're going to do our next thing on forgiveness. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But for now, consider that forgiveness is a bridge. And on one side of the bridge is your suffering self. And on the other side is your sacred self. And you're just going to walk yourself over this bridge of forgiveness. And you're going to be holding the hand of your higher presence. And you're, and you're going to learn what it means to forgive yourself and release yourself from pain. Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh oh i already said that the connection to connection to your yeah the just to be repetitive one last time the connection to your higher self and your higher presence is the only teacher that really has it will teach you in, in as an individual what how to exchange this suffering for sacred it's personal medicine for you and it isn't my, my medicine's not going to work for you and David's medicine's not going to work for you. It, it's your medicine and it, and it resides in your heart, which is a sacred portal to, you know, this teacher that you have always at your side or in your heart or living around or above you or however you see that. And, um, and, and you just have to call on it in order for this to actually be successful. Right. However you see it or feel it or hear it or exactly. whatever senses you use to access that. Yes. And so Lori's right. Uh, she telegraphed what we're going to be doing in our next episode. Did you have any final things you wanted to add no. before I go into this? So no, go in, in our next episode, we're going to be covering facets of forgiveness wow. as we understand forgiveness versus forgiveness myths and fake forgiveness, um, forgiveness as uh, the misuse of forgiveness as a form of spiritual sidestepping and things along those lines. Uh, so it's going to be a really juicy episode where we kind of separate the, the wheat from the chaff and the gold from the lead in terms of forgiveness. And making forgiveness more accessible. Yes, yes. More accessible, more practical, more um, usable. Yeah. yeah. In the moment. In the moment. <laughs> okay. So until next time, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing, so you can keep living more and more fully as Homo Spiritus. <laughs>